let us jump in. And what we're covering today, whether it's around when we have fears around doing something or we're trying to build a habit or we're trying to deal with a difficult situation in life, identity can help us resolve that much faster faster than goals. A lot of times, uh, well, and, and, and by the way, they can both work hand in hand. A lot of times when we want to do something, we set a goal. And ideally, a lot of times when people set a big goal, they get overwhelmed by it. Uh, so when we talk about a vision, this part of the reason why I, I walk people through a strategic goal setting process is that you're, you're breaking it down. It's that expression that how, how do you eat? Uh, how do you eat an elephant? And it's like one bite at a time. <laughs> So you need to break it down in a way, whether you do it through the system that I've shared or in your own way, where you know that the little actions that you take every day, that's going to lead up to that. But within that process of the vision building, strategic goal setting, you might have realized that there is a huge part is your growth. And that growth is associated with an identity. Not only do I get you to think about that identity, I, get, I walk you through an exercise around that. I get you to connect with that emotionally. And there's a reason behind that. There's a deep reason behind that. And I want you to understand the skill set behind of how you can do that for yourself in your day-to-day -day life. This week is Clarity Week, and a big part of Clarity will be around your identity as a human being and how you can leverage that to move the things that you're trying to do uh, better, whether it's the things that your habits you're building within yourself, it's the way that you're connecting with others, it's the way the things that you're working on in your business, they will all start with a decision and a bunch of action steps that you would consistently do over a long period of time. And for you to develop that, you need to believe certain things. You need to understand that there's something that you're developing. That's what I want to go into. So how can you leverage your identity to support your goals, to support the things that you're doing? And I want to share a couple of stories. So for one thing, uh, I'll share a story about me and then I'll share a story about a client and, and you will understand this very, very well. So for me, for example, when I jump into the business world, my idea was I just want to coach people. So my, the identity that, that I was adopt, adopting was that of a coach. I, I just want to serve people. I just want to coach people. And that was enough to get me in a setting where what coaches do, what do coaches do? They get on a call or they get in a meeting with people to see if we can support people to move forward in terms of their goals. Here's the problem. Here was the problem with that story in my head. What I didn't realize was that I was doing this in a specific model or with a specific vehicle. For example, your vehicle is multifamily investing. My vehicle was the business of coaching. Not, not necessarily coaching itself, but the business of coaching was the vehicle with which I would do that. But I, for the first few years, I never saw myself as a business owner. I was like, I just need to work. I, and, and not only that, I actually looked at a lot of those things negatively. I looked at sales as negative. I looked at marketing as, oh, too much. I looked at even things around money and capitalism. I struggled with that, and I didn't know how to work through all of that stuff. But as soon as I, the identity around business was de developed, uh, so one of two, first of all, it went very slow in the beginning. But as I got, uh, and I have my coaches and mentors, I uh, worked through it. Guess what? They kept pushing me to decide, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to do? I had a goal. Like, well, I need to hit this. Uh, this is the kind of lifestyle I'm building. These are the kind of people I want to work with. This is my bigger vision for my life. Like, okay, who do you need to become to do that? Like, what do you mean? Who do I need? Who do you need to become to do that? And it's like, well, I, I'm more confident version of myself. I'm more 
a version of me that has more conviction, a version of me that can serve people in a better way, a version of me that's a leader. And as I said, all those things like, okay, who has those qualities? Do you know anybody who has those qualities? First of all, I struggled with that, but then I started building like, okay, well, this person does. And so for me, like the person who trained was, was Brendan Burchard. I'm like, I, I want to be more like Brendan Burchard when it comes to his coaching stuff, not in everything, but when it comes to the business that he's running, because he's ethical, he has integrity, he does things a certain way, he cares about people. Okay, great. Write down all those things, values that this person has. Great. Write down all the, the thoughts that this person cares about. Write down the kind of actions that this person takes. What does this person look like when he's doing this thing? As I've got involved more and more, I'm like, okay, that sounds like something. Those are things that I can adapt as part of habits. I can think like him. I can, I can adapt certain feelings like him. I can adapt certain beliefs like him. So, for example, one of the things that Brendan Burchard used to say over and over, um, um, this too shall pass. And I said that for a long time. He would say it over and over. Or he will say, I am here. I'm present. Or he would say something like, um, I will figure this out one way or another. Or um, I'm the kind of person who will figure this out, whatever it is. Like the, even I adapted his sayings and stuff. And, and this is in the business world. So I'm like, okay, I'm adapting that. Then what else does he do as a business owner? Well, he puts himself out there in front of people. I'm like, okay, I need to do that. It was incredibly uncomfortable for me, but I need to do that. What else does he do? He shares stories vulnerably. So before I knew it, I started to adapt a lot of the things that he was doing. And for a while, it was slow, 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 so often it built up. And then, then I started finding my own identity within his identity. Now I started, there are some things that I do that are similar. There are a lot of things that I do are very different from. Him. And then I started pulling from other people as well. And in the Western world, you might have heard this phrase uh, that people say, what would Jesus do? Or in the Eastern world or in, in, the, in the Muslim world, they might say, what would Muhammad do? Or what would Buddha do? Or whatever. There's a reason, by the way, if you study religions, the major religions that are there, there's a reason why they're so dominant because there's a, there's a person that they, are, they see as a model. What would I do in this situation? Or what would Jesus do in this situation? What would this person? And, that's, and by the way, there have been other religions who, that have been just as powerful. They have not survived. And there's a whole study done around it. For example, New Platonism, New Pythagoreanism that kind of descended from Pythagoras and Plato before. Their philosophy has existed, but they both had sort of religions that they created. Pythagoras was a, a religious leader, but their religions didn't survive. And what ends up happening as it got passed down, they never had a consistent role model even though the religions were very, very powerful. And what ended up happening, they're still, they've still survived, but within other religions. So, I mean, it, some of the values in New Platonism is in the Islamic and Christian religion, even in Buddhist religion, uh, if you try to trace it back. But they couldn't sustain the whole system. They could not sustain because there was no model for people to, uh, to emulate. One of the reasons why Christianity, Islam, and all these religions, because there's a very clear model for people to emulate. There are characteristics, there are beliefs, there are values, there are visuals to emulate. And when people do that, they don't have to become exactly like that, but they have a ground to work on and they can build habits around that. And it's very, very powerful when you start to do this. So here's how it works. And, and I want to kind of draw this out for you. And Jonas is here. 
if you set a goal and you break down those goals into increments, you might slowly go towards it. But keep in mind, human beings are not just like some people make the analogy that the human mind is like a computer. Well, the problem is the computers don't feel anything. If you uh, computers can make computations and decisions, or at least the AI might make based on some algorithm, but human beings might, it's similar in the sense that we are programmed to think certain things within our structure that we live in, but we feel things. We're emotional beings. We don't make any decision without emotion. Now, we might not recognize the emotion and the feeling. You might say, I'm content. I, I feel at peace. Or we might say, I'm afraid, I'm anxious, or we might say, I'm passionate about this, I'm excited about this. We will say those things, but they're not just random things. Those are feelings by which we operate. In fact, most of our decisions are emotional in nature than they are logical. Uh, if you actually really look at it, people make emotional decisions that they support with logic. We use logic to support the emotional decisions. And if you understand the kind of person you're becoming, you understand the kind of emotions that you want to sustain. So for example, if you have that goal, you can break down your goal into small increments to go towards it. But as you start to do this, if you said to yourself that, hey, so for example, if you're working out and you had a role model like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you picture that person, what did Arnold do? Now, you're not going to become probably Arnold the next day because he had to do a lot to become that, <laughs> at least on the bodybuilding sites. Uh, but whenever you went to the gym or whenever you woke up, what would Arnold do? You're not just uh, kind of invoking like Arnold's picture. He's a kind of person who has certain values, certain thoughts, beliefs, emotions. And if you know a little bit about him, the more you know about him, the easier you can adapt some of those things. And you can ask yourself, what would Arnold do? Or if you are on the spiritual side, what would Jesus do? Or if you're on the business side, what would uh, Elon Musk do? What would Alex Hermosi do? It doesn't mean that you're following everything that they're doing. It just means that it gives your system a model. This is how mammals and human beings learn, by the way. Your kids learn that way. They emulate you. When you're around them, your kids, without even being conscious about it, they're asking that question. What would, uh, and they're not saying what would Eunice do, but they're watching Eunice. And if Eunice is positive, connected, present, guess what? They're modeling that. If Eunice talks kindly to his wife, they're modeling that. But if he talks in a different way, they're watching that too. They're modeling that or they're being affected one way or another. It's not always a one plus one equals two in, in these things, but they're being affected one way or another. But their kids understand the world with, with what they see around them, with their environment until they become conscious. When they become conscious, they start to question that, hopefully question that. But by then, a lot of the habits are already set. This is why it's so hard to change because a lot of the habits are set and so many things are going on. I'll share one other story with you, one of my clients. So when I started working with him, he was an investor, an athlete, very high performing individual. One of the challenges he had was that he couldn't, he had a hard time connecting with his family. So he had developed this self within themselves that he had to wake up at four in the morning, go to the gym, work out. Of, he was a professional athlete, work out for a certain period of time. He was also a doctor, go do my work, come back, spend a little bit of time with my family, move forward. And then there are nights where it would be a weekend. His family would be like, hey, can we go watch a movie? Can we do something? He's like, no, I'm disciplined. I got to go wake up four in the morning. I got to do that. 
Now he did that for a while. He built an amazing life on the outside, but internally he was disconnected from everybody. And when I asked him, like, when you look at yourself, like the kind of person you are, like, can you pick a person that would remind you of that, that self inside of you? He's like, uh, and in here, yeah, you thought about it for a while. I'm like, whether well, it's a historical character or somebody you see around you, like who, who reminds you of that? He's like, Rocky Balboa. So from a movie, it's like, what, why? Why Rocky? He's like, well, Rocky can take punches. He can get up and just fight no matter what, constantly just go at, at it. And I'm like, okay, great. That has helped you achieve a lot of things, which is great. Now, who would you like to be more? Who would you want to be more of? And he was looking for two things. He was looking for peace and connection. And for some reason, the picture in his mind, he's like, I want to be more like Gandhi. Like, okay, let's talk about that. Like, how does Gandhi show up? He's like, he seems, he seemed like he was at, at peace. He seemed like he cared about other people around him. He was present with others. So that was the picture that come to, to, came to mind. So by the time we were done in the next few weeks or so, he didn't, when his family would ask him, and I asked him to ask himself this one question, like, what would Gandhi do in the picture? Like he would ask himself, what would do? Because to him, that was important. And his family would ask him to let's uh, like watch a movie. Let's go for a weekend. Even though there's a part of him is like, no, 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 I need to jump in and do my work. He's like, he would want to connect with them. And it was uncomfortable for him, but he developed a habit to spend time with them slowly. When he was anxious and he had to do something, uh, he would ask himself, what would Gandhi do? And he would sit down and he'd be like, you would find a way to deal with that anxiousness. Now, I'm, I'm not saying you should be like that. Uh, I'm just giving you an example of how that changes things. So this is what happens within that identity. So you're not only looking at the goal, you're looking at the person that you're becoming. And within that person, there's actions. There's beliefs. There's values so as soon as you look at a system which a system is a person in this case they have certain types of actions that they take they have certain types of beliefs that they have the, uh, and by the way the beliefs break down into thoughts and emotions so they have certain thoughts and emotions they have certain values. They aspire towards certain things. Like they care about uh, family. They care about tradition. They care about freedom. They care about legacy. So when you look at this person and that person is a set of all these things, you start to emulate that. Now, you and if you remember in the vision building process, I didn't even get you to look at like Jesus or another person or something. I got you to look at a future version of you. That future version of you has the same effect, very similar. Because when you look at that future, this is why I get you to experience that life, not with the, who you are now, with who you will be then. If you want to create a life where you have connection, peace, success, all sorts of stuff, I want you to look at a better version of yourself that creates that stuff what is that like you can literally in your mind walk through your life with that person just watch how that person is waking up in the morning is that person waking up with gratitude or is that person waking up with the resentment is that person going about his day being focused or distracted 
how does per that person interact with others around them and start to aspire towards those values. This is why that visualization is so important to connect to an ideal version of yourself. So if you have a hard time doing that, then it becomes very important to ask what would, and you can do this at the same time as well. What would Warren Buffett do if you're an investor? If that's what, what, what would Ray Dalio do? If that's the kind of person that you connect with, what would Jesus do? What would Muhammad do? It doesn't matter. Or what would this future version of me do? Or a mix of the two. What you're trying to do is adapt the actions, beliefs, and values of those that person. And what that does is it's the same exact thing. You're breaking down the goals, but now he's starting to believe, going back to my story, I, I, I have the identity of a business owner, which means what do business owners do? Business owners need to understand how sales work. They need to understand how marketing works. They need to understand how systems and operations work. They need to understand how finance works. So now I need to do those things. How does somebody who's a business owner that I aspire to does that? Well, they either learn to do it themselves or they, they find somebody uh, who can support them to do that because they run an organization. So I've stepped into that identity. I want to be a leader. This leader that I aspire towards, what does that leader do? I want to be, uh, and, and by the way, I want to share, a lot of people don't know how to be a good parent or a good husband or wife because they'd never had models that that helped them. Their parents might not have been the best models. That's why uh, it's actually a really good, even if you are the best, in your mind, you're the best person, uh, best parent or better, best husband, it's always, especially for your kids, um, it's always a good idea to have a variety of examples for them because they will pick and choose what they want to follow. So if you want to be a good husband or a good partner, look for people who are like that and see if you can aspire towards that. That doesn't mean that you follow everything. You say you, you look for clues for yourself. What works, what doesn't work. And same thing with your peers around you. And this is where it becomes really, this is why people say you're an average of five people around you. Is that when you look at people around you, whether you like it or not, they're affecting you positively and negatively. So when you look at those around you, are they inspiring you? If they're inspiring you, as not because a lot of people might go into it and say, I want to inspire other people. That might be one side of it. But are the people around you inspiring you? If they're not, you better find a way to connect with other people who are inspiring for you. And maybe even minimize your contact with people who are not inspiring for you. That doesn't mean you disconnect people or anything like that. It just means that that's what will help you create what you're trying to create. And on top of that, it's also true. There are times where you look at somebody who's very successful, but you don't see yourself being like that person because they don't inspire you as a person. Because usually the things that inspire us are connected to our values. So I want you to think about, do you have role models like that in your life? Whether that's a person from history or from your childhood, some people's parents are that. Some people's mentors are that, some people's future self is that, some people's uh, religious leader is that, whoever it is, do you think about that? Do you consider it? It will shortcut your decision-making process really fast. You will save a lot of energy instead of trying to develop a, a habit without the system in it. But as soon as you start to look towards that, you start to develop into a person that can do all this stuff. By the way, all of, all of success building is actually that. 
the reason why you have a goal around business is that not because the business is the goal. The goal is to become the kind of person who will build businesses like that. Because you want to develop the skill sets to build a business and multiple businesses, not just a business. When you set a goal to be a certain way in your relationship, you want to become the kind of person who can connect with people. The goal is not, to, and this is why your relationships are usually a mirror because they tell you, give you a lot of reflection of like how you show up with them. Your life becomes a mirror in this process because your life tells you when, when things are going off in your life, there are a lot of things that might be out of your control, but a lot of things are in your control. Are you organized? Are you disorganized? Are you distracted? That is a reflection. Now, when you look to your ideal self, is that how you want that to be? Do you see your ideal self to be more organized, more, uh, more focused or distracted? And then you envision that self. What would that self do? So I'll leave it at that. We have a few more minutes. The summary is that we, if you want to build habits, if you want to go uh, towards something faster, make sure you have some kind of model. And for human beings, other human beings can be a very powerful model, whether that's a historical character or somebody you aspire to in business, somebody you aspire to in your friend's circle. And be very aware of who you're around, because if people around you don't inspire you or, can, or, or bring up the positive aspects of you, they're likely impacting you negatively. There is no neutral area when it comes to this stuff. You might not be aware of it. They are impacting you one way or another. It becomes painfully clear when you're around people that that's what happens. But you can observe that for yourself. And also understand that whenever you aspire towards an identity, whether that's your future identity or the identity of somebody that you aspire towards, you're not only building habits you're in, uh, in terms of actions, you're building habits of action, habits of thoughts, emotions, and values. And that's very powerful because it's hard to build all of those independently for human beings. This is why we want, uh, so one last thing I'll say, uh, a lot of parents are scared about putting their kids out there in a world that's very complex. All sorts of new things are coming around. Well, the primary place your kids get a model is you, is your own family members. And it, so when they come home, what are they, what are they experiencing? Are they experiencing love, connection, support, understanding? If they're getting that, usually everything on the outside is secondary. But if they're not getting that, then they look for that stuff on the outside. So especially when kids turn into teenagers, if they didn't get those connection points met throughout their life, connection, trust, love, they will look for that in a peer group because they never had a proper model in their home, in their own community. It's a very common thing. And then parents will blame the teenagers. No, there was a problem with the way that this happened. So um, I want you to consider what kind of person do you see your ideal self to, to be or who do you want to aspire towards and have that as, a, as your process. Maybe you can journal about it every morning. Maybe when you're taking an action, you can ask yourself, what would my ideal version of me do? What would Warren Buffett do when it comes to these investments? Well, and that requires you to study these people and study yourself, that ideal version of you. That's why we're doing this. So I'll leave it at this. One of the hardest things to do is actually trying to understand your own thinking process and actually trying to understand how other people have grown to create the life that they have.
So most people are not doing that. You might think that they are, but most people don't do much thinking. They just have thoughts, but there's not much thinking involved in there. They just have recurring ch mental chatter. And that's, that's okay. That's their love. But as soon as you get out of that, that means that it actually takes energy to think about these things. It actually takes energy like, to think about like, what are other people doing that is different? What, are, what kind of thoughts do they have? What kind of feelings do they have on a consistent basis? What can, of course, people who are honest about these things, what kind of actions do they take? What kind of beliefs do they have? What are the things that they, how do they interact with other people? That should give you a good recipe for what does a good life look like? People that you admire, people that you that inspire you, whether those people are in history books or those people are around you. Ideally, it's somebody that you can see or at least visually see. Or you can also have historical characters and other people that inspire you as well. A lot of people have done that with religions and leaders and other things. Um, but look into this and also look towards that future version of you because that will give you a lot of direction. Is that, hey, who am I becoming in this process? Who do I care to become? Because there, you already have a connection to that. You aspire towards something that you want to become. And that will tell you what you need to be on a consistent basis. I want to thank you all. Hope you have an incredible day, y'all.